Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Across from me, uh, I have... Matt Stedman. Matty, how, how are you doing? Well, I'm actually, I'm a lot further across than I was last time when I was further away from you, because I'm joining you all today, dear listener, from the city of Sydney. Steak and kidney. Pretty much. Sin oh, City. Yeah, Sin City, to use that analogy. Uh, whereabouts in Sydney are you? Um, I'm currently speaking to you from Elizabeth Street in the hotel, middle of the city. Uh, I forgot how, like, it gets quite humid up here this time of year. Like, not so much that you'd think you're in Queensland, but for us, Mm. poor sheltered Melburnians, uh, I've broken up quite a sweat, so I'm pleased to be in with some air conditioning at this point. Oh, good one. And are you going to be heading out and, uh, I don't know, eating at St. Peter or something or dining Peter Gilmore style? Not quite Peter Gilmore. We're off to Woolloomooloo after this, uh, which is, for those who know Sydney, it's it's a bit of the home of the darling set of Sydney. The loo, as they call it. Welcome to the Lur. And you're going to Otto, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I can high-five John Laws, who I think used to own the apartment on the end of Finger Wharf there and... I'll give him your regards, Cam. I'll say, yeah, I'll say no, you there, said hello. There's a, there's a few, and there, there was also the um, – who was that awful broadcaster that was there? I think that, that wasn't John Laws. Anyway, we won't yeah, well, anyway, let's, let, let's not go. If you've got nothing, as my mum said, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. Lovely to have you in Sydney. Uh, I'm here in my studio. And the, look, the reason why we're mm. doing this is because um, I'm – going to be up uh, while this uh, broadcast is happening. I'm yep. lucky enough. I've got, I scored the golden ticket. That's the only way to describe it. <laughs> I'm going to be in Biragoa yes. uh, at Bray for the 10th anniversary party of Bray mm-hmm. for, um, um, for Dan and all his fabulous crew. Happy birthday, Bray. And happy birthday, Bray. Hey. So, yeah, well done. And, and we will no doubt talk about that uh, in the last two shows that we've got for the year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that should be great. And uh, it's uh, I've been so lucky. Two weeks I've been, managed to get away. Last week I was swimming in a river in north of uh, the Murray, uh, mm-hmm. north of New South Wales, and uh, doing camp oven cooking, which mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if anybody's seen the Instagram. was oh, pretty I mighty. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, it was Oh, you haven't seen it. It was no. uh, it was great. Um, we didn't catch a lot of fish. I mean, mm. that was the reason we went up there. Uh, there's a there's a lot of carp in the water, <laughs> and carp aren't that all edible. Uh, but uh, so yeah, we supplanted with um, sort of terrestrial protein, shall we yeah, say, yeah. along with lots of veggies and and lots of good stuff. But enough. Oh, it was just so great to get away. Mm-hmm. It really, really was, and. Uh, I really enjoyed it. But anyway, looking forward, um, yes. as we do, um, we've got a, a great show for you. All, um, all never never been heard before. On, You've been uh, running around Melbourne town with your little recorder uh, to interview I have people today. for the show. So, yes. Yes. So, the first, first stop today was um, hmm. I popped in the car and drove down to Proran, to the Proran market hmm. and... Uh, Saw uh, a couple of my my favourite people there. Um, one, of course, is Anthony Femnia from mm. Maker and Munger, who makes 
the greatest toasty in the free world, or certainly in the Southern Hemisphere. I think I saw that endorsed by Jamie Oliver a couple of weeks ago. So, oh, really? Yes, it has. Oh, okay. The well, there you go. I'm Jamie in... Oliver stamp of approval. I'm in good company then. Indeed. And I did have a, a beautiful cheese uh, toasted cheese sandwich with mushrooms in it, which was just mm. really good. And I went across the way to see the wonderful, the redoubtable Damien Pike. Mm-hmm. And um, Damien Pike is sort of, he's the John of um, uh, of the uh, Paran market, a bit more Aussie than uh, mm-hmm. than than our John is Damien. He's a real bloke. G'day, Cam, how you going? He's a bit like that. And uh, John has, uh, sorry, Damien has made his name by selling mushrooms. He's known as the Mushroom Man, and mm-hmm. we were joking about the fact that when I first met him, which was many, many years ago, mm. there were only two types of mushrooms, open and closed. So caps <laughs> yes. or open sort of feel. They're all the, the white mushroom, very spongy, not good. Mm-hmm. And he has such a range of mushrooms. It's just absolutely incredible. Mm. And I also got my very, very first taste, uh, or not taste, a smell mm. of a white truffle. Oh, yeah, these white truffles that have been flown in from Alba. And, I was going to uh, say, it's nowhere near truffle season here, so there's probably some... Uh-uh, no, like the, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, I don't think there are white truffles that are being able to be cultivated. I could be wrong, mm. but I haven't seen one. And um, look, truffles, black perigode truffles, tuba mm-hmm. melanosporum, if I remember rightly, uh, are pretty bloody expensive. Mm. White truffles are out of control next level expensive yeah next level and who knows maybe one day i'll get to experience the white trouble but anyway we talk about other things other than that so um yeah that's kind of good but also when we um think about the food in front of us in a in a restaurant um a lot of the uh, decisions that go into making a restaurant is about the design and the architecture of a restaurant Mm -hmm. and um there are awards which celebrate that. And I speak of the Eat, Drink, Design Awards, which have been around for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went from Paran to East Melbourne Mm -hmm. uh, to the offices of Amy Woodruff, who was great to meet her and have a chat with her. And she's the jury chair for the Eat, Drink, Design Awards. So she was the one who keeps all these people apart going, yeah, okay, we've got your opinion. And, yeah, that's laudable too. And 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 she was the final arbiter of who gets picked for the Eat, Drink, Design Awards. And if you mm-hmm. want to play along with the interview, uh, Google that because the Design Awards were uh, announced on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And I do have some sad news for mm-hmm. Melburnians in the fact that a lot of the awards went up to Sydney. Mm. Oh really? Yeah. So, yeah. So um, I don't know. Maybe we got to get our act together or get more money in the restaurants <laughs> of Melbourne. Uh, that might the latter might be the case. So mm. um, anyway, Damien and Amy um, mm-hmm. will uh, will have segments today, and uh, I hope you enjoy them. Triple R. Well, here we are, folks. We've got a little bit of market ambiance, but uh, as a little treat for you, uh, I've gone Southside to the Paran market, and I'm talking to uh, an old mate of mine, Damien Pike at the Paran market, the purveyor of mushrooms and probably one of the most 
handsomest, most beautiful looking displays of vegetables you'll see. Damien, a very, very good afternoon to you. How are you? Good, mate. Fine, thank you. And I like the word uh, uh, old friend. I like that. Yes, that's so true. It's been a few footy seasons we've known each other. Now coming up probably about 35, a matter of fact. Good Lord. And um, just by way, we were just chatting. um, I was remarking on the fact that uh, there was an experience I once had coming to the market where I was given some money uh, from my then-girlfriend, and I you put it together and, uh, all right, I'm going to go get the groceries, and you beguiled me with a perigo truffle. It was one of the... It was the very first truffle I ever had, and I remember coming home and um, uh, my girlfriend at the time went, where's the groceries? And I pulled it out of my pocket and I went, no, babe, but I got this. <laughs> Jeez, I got in trouble until she tasted it. <laughs> and everything went smooth. Yeah. Really. That's it. And full circle, you've just completed um, a dream of mine. Um, well, it's not quite complete in that I haven't tasted it, but you've given me my first smell of a white truffle, which yeah. you have. You've got yeah. a fair few of them here. Yeah, good, mate, at the moment. It's been a great year. This is yeah. our, Where are they uh, from? Uh, Alba, Alba in Italy. Yeah. Uh, this is our third, fourth, our fourth week, so that's our fourth delivery. Wow. Uh, not, a, not, not a big quantity this year, but the quality's excellent. Do they get Actually, flown in a plane in first class? Like, I sort yes. of see them yeah, in seat 1A, you're going, no, I won't have any more champagne, I'm and, good. And if you know the pilot, he does carry them too. <laughs> so, but how do they get? They must they get do. here in a plane. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, what's today? Today, uh, three, these would have been in the ground on uh, probably Monday morning. And they so. would have been um, found by a dog that would have dug them out in some old truffieri. It would have been... No, these are wild, right? Yeah, you know, wild, wild, that's what I mean. A dog would have wild, snuffed, maybe, it. Maybe a dog, but they do use pigs over there too. They still do pigs? Yes, they do. Wow, and watch... And the part of, uh, you know, Alba is uh, pretty raggedy where these come from. It's, oh. uh, you know, just uh, yeah. a big and powerful... Gutsy country, yes. hence the nose. It's, yeah, it's, oh my God. It's, it's one of the most powerful. You, you didn't even unwrap it and I couldn't smell it. Yeah, but anyway, we, uh, I just thought I'd mention that. So if you, uh, if you feel like a white truffle, you can come and see Damien and we can sort out the terms and, <laughs> and do that from there. But that brings me to the point of, you know, t- as time has passed, I remember again coming to this market and... You could get two different types of mushrooms. You could get open or closed. Caps <laughs> or open. Right. Yeah, that's right. Isn't yes. it amazing yeah. how far we've come? Yeah. Now we're running right around. We've got a, two very, very, very good growers. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, throughout the year I sell round about 62 varieties of mushrooms. So, you know, that's how much we're producing. I uh, wish we were in video here because my, my jaw just hit... 62? Yeah, about 62 varieties. A lot of those um, come from uh, Mr Ford, Mr John yes, Ford? Yes, they do. The yes, lovely and John. He's yes, a lovely, lovely person and yep. uh, on the ball he knows exactly... 62. Yeah, about 62. There's a lot of failures involved but they can be turned into something else but right. as far as, you know, our culinary delights... Uh, what do you, what do you uh, reckon... Got, OK, well, the, the failure, what about the... the best, the runaway successes that you've seen um, over the years now? If, if I could put one forward, I've got to say the Lion's Mane. Oh, definitely. Lion, Lion's Mane has hit the market running. Yeah. It, it's just bouncing along. There's uh, um, no kidding, both uh, culinary and medicinal. Yeah. 
What, so, what is a lion's mane for those that haven't seen one? Uh, a lion's mane, it, it looks like a, uh, a snowflake. Um, the texture is mm. uh, a little bit stronger than a snowflake yeah. itself. Yeah. Uh, can be used in scrambled eggs. I love it. Scrambled eggs, of course, is beautiful. Do it in a broth. You can fry them if you wish. You slice it. Yeah, and slice can it. be can be fried as a steak very, very quickly and it'll come out golden and crunchy. Um, not a big flavour, but looks great on the plate. Goes, it sure does. Yeah, and it, and it goes extremely well with seafood. You know, it's uh, one of those um, delicate mushrooms. It scallops? looks good. Oh, yes. What do you think, oh, Scott? I'm oh, just, I just wonderful. thought scallops, yeah, yeah. cauliflower puree uh, underneath that. Yeah, a nest, a nest. Oh, of, yeah, that sounds uh, good. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Prawns beautiful probably w- could work with it as well. Yeah, no, mm, scallops, you're, near. you're, scallops on, the, a, yeah, you're on the button there. Yeah. Yeah. Scallops, absolutely gorgeous. Or maybe, w- or maybe the odd lobster medallion? Well, that doesn't uh, ever go no. astray. Yeah, no, I think... It. Let's go back to the scallops. Yeah, I scallops think and lots of fat. Butter. Yeah. Oh, butter, butter, butter. Yeah. Yes, in that order. The other <laughs> look, one... at, look at us talking <laughs> dirty here behind the thing here. Oh, butter. <laughs> and the other one that's hit the market yeah. bouncing to is uh, my black pearls. These are a beautiful... Oh, cu- can we go and have a look? Yeah, let's have let's a go and have a look. A black pearl? I've never... This I have not heard of. All right, we're just going to the front of the stand. We were at the back before. Uh, now we're coming from... So, oh, yes, OK. OK, a black pearl. It's a, a nutty, crunchy, yes. thick mushroom yes. Fe- feel. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, that's got, got, some, okay. got, got some, some mass to it uh, and, and structure yeah, as well. Absolutely, Yes. Yeah. And, again, John's producing this and... Uh, uh, a very very popular. It's it's a mushroom that uh, just works. Yeah. And it's and it's great for both uh, what we're coming into now summertime. It's yes. great for winter. And uh, let's hope uh, we can sell these in summer throughout the uh, throughout our hotter months. And black pearl. So um, is it sort of like a smidgy? Shimmerji. Shimmerji. Yes. Yeah. Um Again, shimmerji more towards the winter time. Does it okay. have that beautiful texture when it's cooked? Oh uh, yes. This yeah. Is, yeah. This is this is better than a shimmerji. All right. Yes, I know. All right, we're, we're both the, the, the eyebrows are shooting up between us. Again. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, that's good. And then there were the um, the king mushrooms, yeah, which was one of the sort of the first gourmet ones that we used to see. A lot of them used to be imported from Taiwan. Correct. Was that right? Yeah, all over the place. Yeah, and, yeah. and now, you know, I'm I'm very very proud of what I've got. Um, I only sell Australian mushrooms. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, and I. I'm very, very big about that, and certainly with John Ford being up in the valley, mm. uh, what he produces is excellent. This is all of his lines at the moment. Yep. I've started with another um, lady over the other side of town. She's trying very, very hard, and um, I'll support her if she can give me the product that I want and that I can sell. At that's the price right. you want, too. Oh, oh that, that, yeah. does, that does come into it, too. It does come into it, too. Uh, now, also, um, I'm looking across uh, again, and this is just across from Maker and Munger, too, so if you come here, you can get a, a great grilled sandwich from Anthony Femnia. I haven't seen him for a while. But you've got white asparagus. 
Yeah, still, mate. This is lovely local local product, uh, uh, readily available. We've had it now for probably uh, six weeks. Um, yeah. I'd like, I'd like, fingers crossed, to run through to Christmas. It'll be, it'll be wonderful. Yeah. People wanted it something a little bit special. Tell um, me, tell me, Damien. The- there's a lot of people that haven't tried asparagus and, and eaten a, a lot of asparagus. How is the white asparagus different to the green? Okay, the jolly, the jolly green giant, as you can see there now. That's a beaut. That's a beautiful, beautiful asparagus. Kiwi rub. Yes, mate. Yes, yeah. uh, both kiwi rub. Kiwi um, This uh, this is buttery. Yep. More buttery, right? And the preparation on this is half the length of time on that. Ask the dumb question, is this the same asparagus with the absence no. of light? No, no. not so Dorothy Dixie no. here, I'm no. just letting you go. That, that, that's all right. Uh, yeah. um, it, it's just depending on who I'm selling it to. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Today it's not. No. OK. All right. But yeah. no, and taste-wise? Uh, very buttery. You buttery, can, that's you, right. can, you can eat it raw if you like. Mm. You can trim... Uh, round the finger length at the base, yes. right? And we do that. That's yeah. all we do. Score it, and you can then just, if you smell now, you'll know. Oh, yeah. Got it? Yep. Okay. Yep. There's yep. A... Uh, very herbaceous yeah. gra- grassy, but yeah. um, different from gra- grass. How would you describe that? Oh, that, that is softer. Yeah. Definitely softer, softer than grass. More silk, silky. Yeah. Herbaceous, though, that's uh, certainly for sure. Yeah. And uh, flavours, that, that takes the same thing. Oh, look, Fat, butter. Yeah, it, it loves that style. Olive oil, and parmesan? Um, no olive oil, butter no. again. Stop it, stop it, yeah, Kimmy. Yeah. It's OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, olive oil, right, you can uh, uh, butter over it instead of the olive oil. I, I think this is too delicate for olive oil. Yeah, I right. Really, I really do. So, so you wouldn't put some real butch... Uh, extra virgin on there, or just take uh, over. No, I, you know some good, good local butter. You know we've got some wonderful, wonderful butters here in Australia. So this is sort of more um, butter and chervil type oh, sort of action. Yeah, that's a, yeah, good combo. Yeah, great. It works. Well, I'm on yeah, fire here. I'm doing. Right. I'm doing well with you today. This is good. <laughs> You're alive. Thank yes. you. Yeah, mate. <laughs> uh, the medication's working. <laughs> um, and. Giant strawberries. Yeah, they're good, mate. Yeah, um, these are local again from down the peninsula. Started about three weeks ago. Um, as you can see, they're monsters. Um, they're called a red gauntlet. It's an American variety. Now we're selling them. We're selling them by the piece or in packaging for containers. From Moona Bridge Premium yeah. Strawberries down Bonio Road. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah wow. Okay. And uh, this product, as you can see, you know they're weighing in round about. 200 grams, so, you know. No way. Yeah. <laughs> 200 grams? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, beautiful, aren't they? Wow. Wait, yeah. And, oh, they, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow, they smell really good, yeah. too. Uh, that's special. And so that's probably try the... Try one. Really? really? Have a go. Oh, you're the best. It'll sound better on the mic. Uh-huh. OK, we go. Mm. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, it's juicy, too. <laughs> Great acid. Oh, that's probably one of the best strawberries I've had in a long time. Yeah, people get a bit nervous about the size. Yeah. They say, oh, no. It's oh, they're probably overblown and yeah, they're full of water. That, and No, this yeah, is no, this is all no, flavour. No. That's you great. Got, so got to come and have a look, you know. And, good on you, Moonar Ridge yeah, in, um, in yeah, Bonio Road. Yeah, they always yeah. have some good acid soils there. and Wonderful, wonderful area there. Now they're producing quality, quality, quality. 
Sorry, I had to go. <laughs> it's even better the second time around. Oh, yeah. It doesn't miss, does it? My eyes have just gone really, really wide. Um, tell us uh, again, it is... Um, well, it's a, it's a couple of days before summer, which is yeah, kind of but, weird. Yeah, it's a bit... How are you yeah, feeling about the seasons bit. and what's going on? Oh, mate, we're a, bit, we're a bit nervous with this weather at the moment. We've got, mm. you know, cherries have just hit the market and we, uh, we always get rain, but damn cherries. And, you know, rain's OK, we just hope we don't get any hail. That's a, that's a big thing. We're, which splits them right yeah, open. Right, yeah, it fills them up and, and then uh, they split and then they go soft and... Yeah, and as well as the the sound of the hail, you can you, you know, can you can hear the tears yeah, of the the growers oh, of cherries. Very, very much so, you know. Everybody uh, everybody suffers, and you know it's it's here we are in Melbourne, Christmas time. Yeah. you know we've got to have must have cherries. We so, must must have a little bowlful yeah, somewhere. We've got to have them. You know, yeah, no, agreed. Every everything else, the stone fruit is is looking good. I I think maybe. Um, again, we don't need any damage with the with the rain or hail again. Mm. Um, if we can just run along for the next three weeks, we'll be right. Fingers crossed. Yeah, look, let, let's let's hope for that. Um, the mangoes seem to have um, mangoes seem to come earlier and earlier uh, every uh, year, don't very they? Very much so. Yes, they've got. There's three or four varieties out. Still, the big uh, R2s are, are beautiful, big mangoes. What's come, your fave? Um, still a Kensington pride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, look, they've been around a long, long time, and years ago they were just called, you know, the Bowen Mango. Well, you know, now it's you know, call them by its proper name. It's, it's I, a Kensington pride. I also used to remember a thing called a strawberry Bowen. Yeah, they do. Yes, they do. You still remember a, that? Yes, they do. That. Is that still called a strawberry uh, Bowen? It's, it's called a strawberry, but that's normally for export now, growing for export. They're doing that also. <laughs> also so they let it go many, many years ago when they released the Calypso, and that became, oh, the big wow what you, mango. You rate it? You rate uh, the Calypso? Um, it yeah. looks good. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you, yeah. yeah pretty, a, pretty yeah. little thing. Yeah, that's Not it. much substance to it. None whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're the, you know, they're the little tricks in the mango industry, I think. You know, stick with, stick with something that you know, that's all. And, KP for me is right. the ultimate yeah. acid sweet yeah. balance and yep. it's it's perfection. Yeah, it is. Normally they start they come out of Darwin first from mm. where the area up there, Fanny Bay, great, great area, great area for producing uh, um, great beautiful stone fruit and also it's uh, nearly the capital of well it is of the Northern Territory for growing of the mangoes, the KPs, of course. Is, you know. it really, is yeah. that near the Ord River? Yeah, no, no. Not, not no, part no, of that big no, thing? No, no, mate, no, it doesn't. No, that's the other side, a little, bit, little bit to the left. Okay, so okay. that's Ord, Kalinara and all yeah, that and sort all of that, stuff? Yeah, is down further. Yeah. Um, uh, all, all of that area up there in, in Darwin at the moment is nearly all under mango fruit. It, it's big, big time. Big, Lo- lots yeah. of trees, yeah. lots of things yeah. happening. And, uh, you know... It's pretty easy to get it out of that area too for export. They do a lot of export out of there. So, uh, you know, you've got international airport there. I'm going to say there must be some really big runways to get all that stuff out. Yeah. Well, you know. A lot of infrastructure. Oh, yeah. Big, big time there now. And Mm. and, and that. Hello. Hello, Dale. Good luck. Um, It's uh, very, very, very important for, you know, 
for Australian industry, you know, Damn um, right. unload it up there and, and then we can unload it down here too. It doesn't matter, you know. I'm, I'm saddened to hear that uh, the, uh, the overseas buyers get the strawberry bones, but oh, yeah. it seems to be the case with a lot of our greatest agriculture and yeah. stuff, whether it's yeah. Tiger Pro... Anyway, we won't do yeah. that. But, but here and now, we'll what is here? What is your pick of the market for this week? Probably still the white asparagus. I love that. Yeah. I think that is very, very good. And running a good second of these uh, um, monsters here in, right in front of us here, the one you've just eaten the same. I'm, I'm saving that. I, don't, I haven't discarded that. I'm going to come back for that because I'm just going to make too much noise. If I keep eating it, I'll be going, oh, ah, greatest, one of the greatest strawberries I've ever tasted. The asparagus is pretty good value, I've got to say, as well. Uh, cherries, we pray, we hope. Yeah. Hang yeah. on there with our not too much rain, no hail. Yeah. We'll, we'll be right, you know. We'll right. And, of course, mushrooms will be running right through to Christmas. Fingers no. crossed again. You know, no, no, no drama about that. None whatsoever. No, Because uh, no. you've got John Ford on the case on yeah, that one. And your new woman. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, a lovely lady the other side of town. And mm. uh, we, uh, we've we just started, and fingers crossed she, uh, she can produce the product that we want. That's cool. what it is. Well, um, come on down the Pran Market and say good day to Damien Pike, the mushroom man, has been for many years. Damien, so good to see you, thank mate. Thank you, mate. Pleasure. And, and also, thank you. thank you for that first little smell of a white truffle. Um, I'm going to go see my bank manager and see if I can get... Uh, uh, he can help me out. Maybe we can talk about and it later on. Finish that. I will. <laughs> Don't you worry. I'm going to finish. He's pointing at the strawberry, which I'm, I'm saving. Damien, a pleasure to see you. Done. Thank you. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Thanks so much for being here. It means a lot. When we go out to eat, a lot of the experiences that we have is about the food in front of us and and how we enjoy that food and maybe the, the conviviality of the table and the people that are around us eating that beautiful food. Well, hopefully in this in this case. But... The restaurant experience or eating out or being out in public spaces is more about what is there on the plate. A lot of it has to do with the surroundings and the design and the the ethos and the thought that has gone into it. And do you know what? We have an award that celebrates that and it's been going for a little while. I speak of the Eat Drink Design Awards and I am delighted in the fact that uh, I've been invited into the office of Amy Woodruff, who is the jury chair of Eat Drink Design, uh, the awards, I should say, and also the acting artichoke editor, a really, really beautiful magazine that is all about uh, architecture and interiors and things like that. I'll probably be corrected or uh, about that. But Amy, thank you for taking the time to have a chat with us. And it's an exciting time because... The awards have just been given. Hi. Hi. Hi, Cam. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it is super exciting. So last night um, the announcement was made. Where, um, whereabouts were the... Oh, first of all, let's, uh, can we just go back before we talk about the announcement of the awards? How long have these awards been in operation for? Yeah, they've been going since 2012. Um, so that's a pretty good innings. Wow. And yeah, so, so more than a decade. That's right, more yeah. than a decade. Yep. Um, so that's a nice wild ar- arithmetic skills I have here. Yeah, <laughs> well sorry. done. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so Architecture Media, who publishes Artichoke magazine, amongst other interior and architecture titles, um, initiated the awards in 2012 um, Mm. basically as a way to highlight the importance of the hospitality interior design sector um, and kind of spotlight the design studios and the venue operators that are doing really fantastic work um, in this space, which is inherently challenging. Um, It's a sector that changes fast. You know, it's impacted by so many social, economic, political forces. Um, Obviously, the pandemic has just recently proven that again. Um, So to do really fantastic design in hospitality is quite... um, It takes a bit of alchemy. You've got a lot of experts and and sort of a meeting of minds across various disciplines. And And managing expectations of clients seems to be a thing of that. For sure, but I think... Often what I hear and what I see is that um, designers that are working in hospitality design, they are they're just passionate about hospitality themselves. They see themselves as they are giving a service, just yeah. as restaurateurs and chefs and, and front of house staff are. Yes. So there's actually a synergy there already or a shared philosophy between what designers are doing and what their clients are doing. So I think the really good collaborations come from when they all are coming from that same motivation. So they're on the same side, you know. Mm. It's not kind of like an us and them situation. Mm. Um, Ultimately, their goal is to create a space that will make patrons feel fantastic and want to come back. Because it is all about, first of all, at its very basis, the whole thing about for someone in, in the restaurant business or hospitality is you are providing food and sucker and... Um, an experience for people and that is the the ethos that is there in the first thing is to is to feed people in a great environment a hundred percent um and actually in a way I think that design is a little bit akin to food you know it's like you have you have your lunch and then you're hungry again a few hours later mm-hmm. um <laughs> you want more and it's it's a it's a pleasurable um pursuit mm-hmm. and uh, when the two things come together in, in a bar or a restaurant or a cafe or um, a retail space or a hotel, um, it's just one of the most you know, wonderful things that humans can experience and share with each other. Mm. Um, and that's very much what we are celebrating with the Eat Drink Design Awards. Um, and actually, further to that, something that we really highlight, especially this year, is what we call the spirit of generosity. Okay. And, and what we yeah. mean by that is... The hospitality, you know, what hospitality stands for, um, it's welcoming people, it's making them feel at home, it's being inclusive, it's, um, you know, speaking to a lot of different cultures, Um, it's a space where everyone can have a really good time together, you know, so it's... it's And and a space that expresses culture too, doesn't it? 100%. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most exciting things about hospitality design. Especially in this multicultural town that we live in too, yeah? Yes, very much. Um, And we see, I mean, I've seen that from afar. I've I've lived um, outside of Australia for about a decade and come back uh, to Melbourne recently to just be reminded how incredibly diverse this city is. And, of course, you know, Sydney is a bit the same. Mm. Um, Um, If it's not too too much prying, where were you before? um, I was in Copenhagen recently for six years. Um, And then before that I was in North America for a couple of years and had the privilege to bounce around a bit in between. So Mm. lots of travel, um, lots of eating and drinking all over the place. Um, Yeah, and I come back to Melbourne honestly thinking and feeling that this city is so impressive 
Um, it's absolutely world-class. There's no question of that. Um, it's well-documented. You know, I won't be the first to say that. Um, and I think that Melbourne's diversity is a big factor um, driving the, you know, the excellence of both service here, of menu design and, yeah. and interior design. Um, and, again, when you bring the three together you get a really interesting cultural mix. Um, you have people able to express their heritage and share it with someone who might not be familiar with it, um, and you can use design to, you know, more clearly communicate some of those ideas and values and reach people. That... To embellish and sort of um, establish that. Yeah, yeah, and to make them feel at home maybe in a foreign environment. Maybe they've never tried a particular cuisine before, but, you mm. know, the way that the space caters to them, kind of opens their mind to enjoy that experience. Um, so I think it's a really important sector, um, increasingly so when, you know, we all need to be reminded that we've got to get along and it's important to get along. Yes. Um, nice to be reminded of yes. that. Thank you for doing that, yes. You know, and... Um, Play well with other kids. That's right, even <laughs> if you might not... Uh, even if they might seem to come from a different walk of life or I think hospitality can help out with that. Um, yeah, so... Well, well, let's face it, if just, to, just to kick that down the road a little bit more, the way that we as Melburnians and Australians have first been able to um, see other cultures and, and empathise with other cultures is usually at the very start by eating the food, yeah? 100% agree. Yeah. yeah, and again, I think we're so lucky in Australia and in Melbourne in particular to have had so many waves of immigration for such a long time mm. um, and all of those folks have brought their ideas and they've been, hope, you know, encouraged, you know, you can never encourage them enough, but I think they have been encouraged to share that with us. Um, and I think the, the sort of merging of ideas and of cultures that happens in Australia is really interesting. Yep. Um, I believe that we're heading in a direction where we're starting to value authenticity increasingly so letting people do exactly what they want and that what comes from perhaps their background rather yeah. than trying to package it up with a different idea. Yeah. Um, and I think that's maybe a, a consequence of, of the pandemic as well. Um, yeah. We're in uncertain times and everything else that's going on in the world right now, it's very uncertain, it's a bit uncomfortable. Um, we kind of seek comfort and we seek, um, you know... Now so... More than more than ever, yeah. are these awards. Um, these are national awards. Yes, they, they are. are they're also so yeah. even we talk about this glorious Prague of the South, as I like to uh, talk about Melbourne. This, you know, the cultural oh. capital of Australia that we are <laughs> we are in. But uh, there is still good from all over the country. How do um, what's the criteria for judging these awards, and um, how did that go this year? Yeah. So the criteria is ultimately. Uh, looking at, at imagery, in fact, of, um, of the designs, so the spaces that have been submitted um, by the design firms, looking at those images um, and, and assessing them based on how they can increase a hospitality experience, so elevate the food and beverage um, rather than overtake it. Gotcha. And this, it, this sort of goes into the... Is the equation that... This might be a bit clichéd, but the form and function thing... How do those things um, marry and is there one that is more important in, the, in this criteria? That's such an interesting question and there's no single answer, I don't mm. think, because every venue has a different set of goals um, for itself. Mm. 
if you have a really small cafe space, for example, that needs to just, you know, manage really high foot traffic and maybe long lines of people waiting for coffee, that's a totally different brief and a different outcome compared to um, maybe, a, you know, a big opulent restaurant that wants to bring in big celebrations, big groups. Lots of room between the tables. Yeah, amazing, like, low lighting and, you know, design mm. details that sort of transport them somewhere else. Yep. And that's more about form, perhaps, than function. So. Mm-hmm. There isn't a formula, and that's what makes this such an exciting sector. And also, there's a certain degree of subjectivity because it's a panel that votes on this ultimately, isn't it? And I yes. imagine there's some heated discussions about all that. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a really dynamic chat. Um, so this year we had a, an amazing jury. Um, we had Emma Berney from uh, Good Food, who's a food journalist, and we had Kelvin Ho, who's the director of Akin Atelier, an interior design firm, mm-hmm. as well as Diarita, so she's an associate at Hassel, yeah, another talented designer, and Brent Savage, um, so obviously, yeah, really renowned chef and owner of the Mm. Bentley Restaurant Group. So different perspectives, you know, brought into the room, really important to hear. Different criteria, different motivations. right, yeah, Yeah. thinking about, you know, thinking about one venue from multiple angles. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in these discussions. It was really invigorating Um, and strangely enough... Was there any banging on tables or anything? I was this one, I believe in this. Definitely, and that's a good thing, right? It would have been been pretty boring if we all just agreed on everything. Uh, Tick, flick, tick, flick. No, thanks. Um, So, yeah, really, really good process um and as i say everyone brought their their perspective but ultimately there were some really kind of clear themes and and things that we all agreed on um which is how we arrived at the winners Mm -hmm. uh we did see some sort of polarizing themes on the one hand this year there were a lot of spaces that were just leaning really far into hedonism and just going kind of nuts with materiality and atmosphere and trying to create spaces that are for escapism Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other hedonism, let's give a definition of it. So hedonistic is the pursuit of pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, yeah. yeah, again, post-pandemic, let's have a good time. The let's lotus eaters of yes, okay, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that motivation is still there and, and was being serviced by some of these places. Yes. Um, and that's great, and we need that. Any examples you can think of that appeal to that ultra uber hedonistic uh, yeah, um, for zeitgeist? Sure, for sure. Um, so there was a venue called Yugen, which is um, a, a really opulent Asian restaurant with um, just really moody, tactile interiors, quite luxurious. Oh yes, in Sydney. No, it's here actually. It's here. I'm thinking. Yeah. Damn. Um, <laughs> sorry. Damn. Although on yeah. the Sydney note. Um, Where is it in Melbourne? Just sorry, I just out of oh, curiosity. That's a really good question. Oh, okay, don't worry. We'll, we can move on to that. Yep. Um, Sydney, Sydney did actually take away a very big chunk of the cake this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so four out of seven awards went to Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, so Melbourne, better watch out. <laughs> yeah, come on, you're on notice. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, and in Sydney, that included um, Kiln, which is the restaurant of the Ace Hotel, and that's by Fiona Lynch. Um, and that, I think, is also quite a, an example of hedonism, but it also feels a little bit down-to-earth. It's got an Aussie flavour to it, so um, the materiality and the colours are sort of riffing on the Aussie landscape, a bit more muted, um, and there were some good stories in there about local collaborations with artists and makers um, and a lot of use of sustainable materials or um, circular materials. That's Very a, important. That's, that's a big thing now. Yeah, yeah, really big thing, and, and we certainly want to see a lot more of that. Um, mm. In an industry where that's challenging, I mean, unfortunately, in hospitality design, 
inherently there's churn there. Um, usually operators are sort of forced in many cases to change over in a few years. Maybe it's their lease or they or customers expect change. Yes. Um, but hopefully we'll see spaces that are going to last for a longer time. Yep. Um, and actually on that note, uh, we have a special award uh, each year. It's called the Hall of Fame Award. Um, and that is where we draw attention to a venue of really enduring um, relevance. So it's been around for 10 years or more. Mm -hmm. It's relatively unchanged um, in terms of the interior design. And it is still, you know, just killing it and people are loving it. And so this year, again, Sydney. um, Yeah. Uh, uh, Oh, (laughs) good on you, Sydney. very unpopular. No, 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 Tony, good on you. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But so Bistro Moncur. um, Oh, Damien Pignore. Exactly. The beautiful man. He is a beautiful man, yeah. And so this was designed by Zahns, Alex Zahns and his team um, in 1993. Mm. Um, And it's just still an absolutely sublime space. So his idea is to uh, the the timeless French bistro within the southern hemisphere in Sydney 100 percent yeah that's right and and so the beautiful thing about this project um is that Damien and Alec just worked so closely I mean they're best friends you know Mm. through this project they got to know each other so well and they just shared the vision completely um and so what you have is a space that is a hundred percent there to serve it it, the service is excellent and Mm. the design is there to serve the service got it so a lot of elements of function within that yes function and beautiful form is this the one with the the the, vaulted ceiling ceiling. it's like a semicircular ceiling it's It's just like being in a boat uh, a boat upside down that's not sinking yes yes (laughs) um and it's very much not sinking they're doing very well um i can't remember the number but damien told me that it's in the millions of plates um, that they've served. So that's pretty epic. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show that when you invest in good design, um, you can last a really long time in what is an ultimately fickle industry. Yes. um, And we love that. Yes, because that's one of the things about this industry is that... um, like moths, um, sort of attracted to the the next brightest flame. It's right. it is. It's a very fickle thing, and a lot of people think that they they have to just do a whole new um, outfit on the place just because of that. Yeah, that's right. And again, there's a place for you know the fashionable interiors, mm. um, you know, but there's increasingly value in in trying to make something that will stand the test of time it's very challenging Mm. um it's harder in many ways but we're seeing some really good examples of it and that's where we need to go Um, now while we're doing this in case people want to play along can we look up um to see the awards ourselves while we do that eat drink design awards absolutely yes um so you can go to eatdrinkdesign.com and there you'll see the 2023 gallery of all the winners and the commendations and the shortlist as well um and you can also find a little bit more detail detail on architectureau.com. Um, lots of really nice articles there about each of the winners. So just going into more detail on each of them. Yeah, lots and lots of good reading there. And what do they win? Um, they what, win. What, what do they get? <laughs> well, I think I think probably the most important thing that they win is is industry accolade. I mean, to be yeah. to be recognised by your peers is probably the best thing. Um, but then there's also a little. So they get like a little award, is it like a little Oscar they type get a thing? Certificate, or? yeah. They get a nice printed certificate, and they also get a little bit of cash too. Um, but but I think probably yeah. the other um, nice thing for each of the winners is that they um, they're all reported on at length in the upcoming issue of Artichoke. 
Artichoke magazine. So that comes out in a matter of days. Mm. Um, and it's going. this whole issue is dedicated to Eat Drink Design Awards. So all of the winners, all of the commendations, they're printed on the page and their story is told, mm. um, you know, uh, in perpetuity. So pick that up. It'll be on the shelves soon. Check it out. Look, we've got a couple of minutes left and I, I thought maybe we might just sort of riff on the fact of how have you seen design elements evolving over the last, say, decade or so? Have you got any sort of comment? And I mean, I know you've sort of been out of town and, mm. and doing that, but just, just generally, we talked about elements of sustainability mm-hmm. was one thing that was very important. Any other sort of things? Yeah, I mean, I think I do have a maybe a different perspective on it because I'm a bit more objective, having been away for a while um, mm. and sort of dropped back into Melbourne, um, you know, every year or so, mm. um, which is kind of cool because right. I get I get to see see it um, change uh, each year. So it's uh, like, almost like a time-lapse a photography. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm, I come back and I'm like, all right, where do I need to eat and drink this year, you know? Mm. Um, but ultimately I think that in the last decade or so, um, and I can probably speak more um, closely to Melbourne, uh, having spent most time here. But the city has just really come into its own, I think, increasingly. It's such a sophisticated hospitality scene. It's world class. But I think it's also just getting more and more confident um, in its own offering and what that looks like. Jill Duplay once sort of uh, said something, it was a quote, it's a while ago now, a relaxed self-assuredness. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, you know, again, coming back to Australia, that is what Australia does best. It's such fantastic service, some of the highest level of service, but it's chilled out, you know. You never feel like you're uncomfortable or it's pretentious. That's a hard thing to do. And, And dare I say it, cover the children's ears... We know we're shit hot at doing it, but we're kind of relaxed about it. We yeah, go, yeah, try right. this, you know. Yeah, you know, tall poppies and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think I think there's an evolution towards a more uniquely Australian voice, which comes from a merging of all of our cultures that are here mm. um, uh, and, and finding out what that means um, for a contemporary Australian audience. Um, I think also uh, just a general wider appreciation for interior design. I mean, it's just become more and more in the mainstream, which is fantastic. People get it. They understand the value more and more. Um, and so it's not regarded as some sort of wankerism. It's just, it just I is. Not. Yeah, I hope no. not. It's, yeah, of course, you, sometimes you can see examples of that. But yeah. um, but what it can do is really beautiful. And um, in Melbourne, we're really lucky that we have so many fantastic design firms and, and restaurant groups and owners that are investing in good design. Um, and it's just growing more and more. It is indeed. So uh, just to summarise, the Eat Drink Design Awards for 2023 have just been announced. Uh, You can look up the website and have a look at that. You can also invest um, very well, I think, in uh, a copy of Artichoke. I think it's about $12 online. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. A little bit more if you want to get a printed copy. Amy, it's been a delight to speak with you and uh, and thank you for uh, raising the flag and also um, giving accolades to great design within this country. Oh, pleasure's all mine. Thanks so much, Cam. Well, big thanks to Amy Woodruff there um, mm-hmm. talking about the uh, Eat Drink Design Awards that uh, that happened and uh, Melbourne, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Lift your game, Melbourne. Here. Come on, let's do this. Yeah, come on, let's do that. Uh, and, of course, the uh, the very wonderful Damien Pike down mm-hmm. there at the Paran Market uh, for all your mushroom needs and mm-hmm. those sort of things.
And also you can go and see Anthony for this, the greatest mm -hmm. ch uh, grilled cheese sandwich you can possibly have. <laughs> I think so. Anyway, yes. it's just in my thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt, it's been a pleasure talking to you from Sydney. Yes. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed it here. Uh, I hope, I'm, I've no doubt, we'll be having an amazing time at uh, the Bray Party and we'll be able yes. to talk about that next week when yeah. we meet again, my friend. We'll actually be in the studio next week, we promise you, dear listener. In fact, yes, we, 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 we and, and sneak preview, we're hoping to have next week, Cameron. Oh, we're hoping. Yeah. Um, a person that used to be the creative director of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, mm. he's an awesome human being. His name is Zenon Mishko and he's mm -hmm. released a street guide or a guide to street food, mm. I should say, in Bangkok because he's been mm. uh, living there and uh, crawling around and finding all the really, really great street food and also Richard Cornish. So Maybe. Hopefully. Tune in next week. Hi, this is Cam Smith and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 